1: to another episode of wookie radio it is derek myself mike ken will be joining us a little later, but I got us a special, another special treat this week. Um, it's like every other week we're getting a, a guest. It's almost a pattern heading. Uh, this week we have the creator of Troops, great Star Wars fan film, and probably one of my favorite comic one offs or series of one offs from dark from the Dark Horse era. That's Tag and Bink, that whole storyline, and that would be Kevin Rubio. How's everyone doing? Good. So Good. Good, good, yeah. good. So, yeah. I guess currently you're doing a lot of stuff uh, over on the DC side of things now, a little bit. Uh, well, I, I i wrapped I wrapped up.
2: I was one of the contributing writers for uh, 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 Justice League Action. Okay. Yeah, uh, and. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, and, and actually, currently, I am doing some stuff for a uh, a a Spanish show, and that's uh, not like Spanish language, but actually doing a a show from Spain, and I don't know if I'm able to to elaborate any more than that.
1: Just what you said there is perfectly fine with us, but looking back um y- your history thunderbirds are go uh, mm-hmm. avengers assemble yeah. um ben 10 omniverse um an episode of Power Rangers Samurai? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I did about, ultimately about three episodes
2: of Power Rangers over 25 years.
1: <laughs> of course, you, you wrote one of the most well-known episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars uh, with the Bombad Jedi arc. Um, uh, thank you. <laughs> and then, of course, I, I, I think this might be the one that possibly puts you on the map, Troops. Mm-hmm. yes. How did the whole idea behind troops come about?
2: Um I, I told it a couple of times before. It was
1: uh it
2: generally came about uh, during the uh Star Wars special edition re-release back in 1997. Uh, my uh, the gang I used to hang out with, all very creative uh, uh, individuals. Uh, one of them, Stephen Melching, who has since gone on to be a co-producer on Star Wars Rebels, uh, as well as a contributing writer for The Clone Wars and many other shows like myself. Uh, he and uh, my friends David Hardgrove and David McDermott were talking about doing a uh, kind of a parody comic, uh, strip series that they were going to, um, uh, were uh, uh for uh in, in a magazine called Sci Fi Universe, and the the uh the comic strip is going to be called Tales of a Death Star Scanning Crew. <laughs> uh, that yeah, <laughs> and that never, that never really materialized. Uh, but during the conversations, uh, one of the things that came out is that it would be real funny. If somebody had crossed tops with with Star Wars and this this uh, uh, this conversation occurred shortly after a screening of uh, a New Hope special edition uh, that we all saw on the Fox lot prior to the public release of the movie. And when nobody else kind of ran with that, I asked if I could. And rather than go home, uh, I I instead went back to my office and uh, and watched a couple of episodes of Cops, which I had access to because my office was right next to the – uh, the, the the tape vault and then i i I wrote uh troops uh that night and earlier the next morning and uh kind of went from there
1: okay now were were you surprised by the reaction that troops got uh I know when I saw it people were going, oh, it's episode four point five i No, i was i was i
2: was i was less than surprised by the reaction it, it was kind of a slow burn because you know the in, initial showing of troops. Was not on on the internet. It was at the uh, San Diego Comic Con in uh, July of '97. It didn't make it to the net until almost a year later, uh, in uh, the uh, the first weeks of February of '98 and and from there it kind of snowballed and uh and was was completely taken by surprise to the success of it and you gotta remember this is before uh things like uh youtube and uh and other other right. uh, uh aggregator sites well, and in- you, you, nobody had nobody had uh you know nobody had uh you know downloads of several hundred megabytes per a second this this thing the the best you could see it was on a t one line uh and it okay. would take you about twenty four hours to download it, <laughs> yeah. it, it must
3: have been uh, a lot of fun showing it at comic con though
2: oh yeah no it was really it was really neat especially the uh, that first showing uh uh you know, I'm sure the organizers at that point would have the same kind of reaction I would have to people say, hey, I got this cool little Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, and we were in a modest sized uh, room and uh, the, the word got out, you know, about it. And it, it, Because I think it was the 20th anniversary of Star Wars. It was obviously, you know, it's on people's mind. And, and we had a we had a, a, a overflowing uh, capacity in that, that room. And at the time, I think just the largest screen we could get was something like a a 36-inch, you know, TV. (laughs) But uh, everybody loved it. We ran it, uh, we ran it, I can't remember if we ran it twice or if we ran it three times uh, during our our panel time. And word spread. And and by the end of the con, I think it it had shown about four times in three different panels.
1: That's cool. Now, I know that was a little over, Twenty, 20 years, ago? years ago, any any chance <laughs> wow. of of maybe a sequel or or, mm. or the sequel maybe being a spinoff spoof of Live PD?
2: Nah, um, you know these things. It, it, any any film you make is is, is a little, is, is hard and I'm sometimes not taxing, and and it's one of those things where I I have. Just, Paid stuff that kind of has to take precedent and uh and generally now, like the everybody that I was able to make borrow and deal from twenty years ago were all you know working in the industry, and I don't generally like to take advantage of, of my buddies and ask them to do freebies so um, I'm, unless you know I had a nice budget behind it and I'm not a good idea i I just don't really see putting putting the effort forth um uh, because I, I have I have other work that takes precedent.
3: So what if uh would you consider if uh say Lucasfilm offered you some kind of series or something?
2: Oh sure. Oh no no, absolutely. There was actually there was talk about uh Tag and Bank as a cartoon series. Uh with Hasbro back in as early as 2005. Um, uh, that would but, have been... Uh, <laughs>
0: oh.
2: But, you know, I mean, uh, uh, since since Disney purchased the, uh, the property in 2012, uh, you know, ultimately they're the ones that have say over uh, where the franchise goes and the type of direction that they want to take. And I think... Uh, justifiably because they, they didn't want to uh, hurt the brand. Uh, they, they, they were trying to steer clear of, of humorous that didn't take the characters too too serious or didn't take the characters seriously uh sure. initially uh because even though star wars has been around for forty plus years and everybody thinks that uh you know that these uh, that everybody knows these characters everybody loves these characters you know somewhere uh you know it's a it's a kid's first time of seeing star wars uh you know this there's there's a 10-year-old out there who maybe has not seen any of it and solo is going to be his first exposure to to the Star Wars universe um and uh, i think they were talking about that recently on nerdist uh, if you if you check uh check the internet about uh uh the uh, stupid monkey production of Star Wars detours and why that was uh, not released really, is that they they didn't want people's first exposure to Darth Vader to be that of yeah. a joke yeah. and really want wanted, wanted it to be something that was serious but to answer your question, sure. If Lucasfilm came to me tomorrow and say, "Hey, Kev, we want to do a, a, a series, uh, uh, and we would like you to be a part of it," absolutely. Okay.
1: Now, how did you speaking of uh, Tag and Bink? How mm-hmm. did you come up with the concepts for those two, and then the eventual journey that they take?
2: Uh, well, Dark Horse approached me uh, a, a couple of uh, months prior about doing some uh, some shorts for their Star Wars Tales line and uh i i think i probably submitted about four stories uh and uh they had been doing rather well and that's when they approached me if I wanted to do a a a long series uh of original characters and it was it was their request they wanted something with stormtroopers they were almost asking for a troops too and um uh, you know i i told them that I, I really didn't want to take that route but that i would find something that would include stormtroopers and uh, growing up, I was I was always a fan of theater is where I started uh, out. And uh, one of my favorite plays was a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern by Tom Stoppard, uh, which is about two side characters in uh, the play Hamlet. And so that was how I basically came up with the idea is that I ate Tom Stoppard. And uh and used used the characters of Rosalindcrantz and Gildenstern as the jumping off point for Tag and
1: Binker. Okay. So you you start off with the um Tag and Binker dead. Yes. Um and then later bring them back. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, I mean, because uh, the, uh, the
2: the the Tom Stopper play is called Rosenkrantz and, and Guildenstern Are Dead, and so the the first issue, which uh, it, it was supposed to be issue one, was Tag and Bink are dead. Then Tag and Bink live. Uh, and it was just kind of a, a play on words. Unfortunately, during the publishing, somehow the the title Tag and Bink lost or Tag and Bink live got lost, and it simply became Tag and Bink are dead one and. Two which was not the intention. It's it's really Tag and Bink are dead uh, and Tag and Bink live. And then uh, I had initially wanted to do three, just like Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. And the third one was going to be Tag and Bink return. Um, but uh, at the time, as as this is still now the case, you know, comics uh, very small market, not a lot of uh, of readers, or or a lot of money to put forth through these one off issues, and so. They said, well, we only want to do two. So I did I did the two issues and kind of kept the story with their involvement in Return of the Jedi you know, in my back pocket in the hopes that someday I would be able to retell it.
3: Yeah, that's a little disappointing when you don't get to do the third part. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, well, no, I, I did eventually. I mean, and, uh, and I, I, I don't necessarily know if it was a favorite part. Uh, uh, I, you know, all of it kind of was my favorite part, except maybe the, the short, uh, uh, the revenge of tag and bank. Uh, that one, uh, I, I wrote for star Wars tales and it was one of those things I wasn't happy with. And, About two and a half weeks after I turned in the story, I figured out a better, a better way to end it. And I I called the, uh, the editor and said, look, I know Lucas, uh, who, who, uh, was then the artist, uh, uh, may you know may have already started drawing, but I have a I have a better way to to end this, and I'll I'll even give you back my my uh, my fee if uh, if it'll help. I want to redraw the whole thing, uh, and uh, and uh, Randy Stradley, who who was the editor, you know, I pitched him the ending. It's like yeah, that is better. This is but we've already started, so yeah, maybe, maybe some other time in the future. And uh, then when they came back <laughs> a year or two later for uh, for more Tag and Bank, that's when I that's when I added the new ending, and, and that's why the third Tag and Bank uh, comic is is called uh, Tag and Bank Special Edition, uh, okay. <laughs> because it's basically me toying with my own story.
1: Now I, I did see your Facebook post expressing that there was con- concern maybe Tag and Bank were in solo, maybe they weren't. Uh, when the initial news came out that they were in, um, yeah. how how caught off guard were you, or did you know that there oh, was complete, a chance? Completely,
2: oh, completely. No, I didn't. I didn't. i I was. I was as much surprised as pretty much everybody when when uh, when that news came out.
1: I know. I was personally excited because I I've been a big fan of the the Tag and Binks. Uh, when they came out, and I was glad to see Marvel even brought them out as a as a one shot um, under the legend tagging uh, just recently, taking all the stories into one collection.
2: Yeah, that was that actually came out largely because of the positive reaction that they received on the net when uh, when Ron Howard announced them.
3: So now that that makes them officially back in official canon,
1: so that's pretty cool. Uh huh. So you you go from Tag and Bank and then move into Clone Wars.
3: I ha- how? Yes. Yeah, it's been a while, but
2: yeah, yeah, that 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 yeah, I moved into to Clone Wars because I started writing on Clone Wars in two thousand five.
1: Um, so, what was it like going from the fan film to comics and and now getting a foot oh. in the door uh, for television?
2: It, it really cool.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, as, as as I'm sure anybody would, have, would imagine, it was uh, wonderful. I mean, it was it was nice because you know I I had I had been. Working in the industry uh, up to that point for God, uh, like maybe ten years, uh, mm-hmm. a little a little bit more, and so you know most of the people that I I did work with on Clone Wars, I I had worked with or I definitely knew in some capacity, either as colleagues or, or or casual friends. Um, but you know, always always great to be involved in in a. In a project and especially one that you had a passion for uh, and uh, was part of the reason that you you got into the industry in the first place.
1: So how did did they go about, I mean, was it because of troops or Tag and Bank that they approached you about doing a few episodes of of Clone Wars?
2: Uh, I'm sure that was part of it, but I, I basically, I just asked my agent to get me a meeting with them. And uh, and that was that was part of it. I, I I met with with the producers and I gave my spiel and I was
1: asked on. OK, now, did you pitch Bombad Jedi or was this something that was assigned to you?
2: No, that was George's idea. OK. <laughs> and It
1: was actually Henry Henry Gilroy who pitched pitched the idea to me. Okay. So, did you did you take some of the the tag and bink? Uh, when they were Jedi's, and, and translate that into Jar Jar Binks, or um... oh, no,
2: no, no. This, this was a this was a, a story premise that was that was near fully formed uh, when I received it uh, from uh, from Henry. Uh, it it changed slightly uh, because initially, Assage Ventress was supposed to be part of it. And Quinlan Ross was supposed to be part of it, and then, uh, yeah, I remember that first year. Everybody was just kind of, you know, feeling their way through it and working out pipelines. And uh, it really, it was a groundbreaking cartoon for its time. And so, uh, there's a lot of money being being put into it for for R and D and the look. And again, like I said, getting everything uh, up to uh, Georgia's standard. And so uh, as as I neared closer and closer to a final draft of the script, uh, certain story elements uh, were changed or stripped away, uh, either because uh, our technology at that time was not there yet. Or budgetary things. So, uh, but uh, no, this there was there was no cross pollination of, of a story that I had had that I then put into it. Uh, this this was a story that had originated by George. Uh, further developed by Henry Gilroy, and then I, I did a, a, the the customary outline, first draft, second draft, and then uh, uh, Henry, as the uh, uh, story editor, came in and, and did a polish. Mm-hmm. And and in the end, uh, even George uh, contributed uh, to a couple of different line reads uh, in the in the in the booth while they were doing recordings, and uh, and so there's. There's one that I'm always given credit for because I think oh well that's you know that that's very my sense of humor but in fact uh, it, was, it was George who, uh, who had suggested it
3: oh wow so, yeah. that's kind of interesting then you kind of you and George kind of have a similar uh, sense of humor almost it sounds like
2: <laughs> um, I think uh, I think I think George's humor is actually a little drier and more British than mine Um uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, you know, most people don't don't consider him to be a funny guy. But I I think he is. It's just a, it's just a different different style of humor.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought of him as kind of funny that way, but
1: definitely dry. Yeah. So, what would you love to do as your next project in the Star Wars universe? <laughs>
2: What would I like to do is my next project in the Star Wars universe? Uh, whatever they ask me. <laughs> <I'll be laughs> right.
1: Have you have you done any pitches? Have you have you done any pitches to Marvel about any ideas or
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have. Uh you know what happened. Uh they switched uh uh, uh they, they they switched editors for the Star Wars line uh about four months ago. It was uh, he- uh, Heather uh, uh, uh at uh, 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 Antos? Antos. Yep. Antos, now it's uh it's Mark uh, Benici. Okay. Benici? Hmm. Um and I was I was talking with Heather prior to her leaving and uh, and she and uh, Jordan were big fans of troops and uh, troops uh Tag and Bank and had been trying from what I understand for a couple of years to bring Tag and Bank into the fold uh and and of course the problem being that they weren't canon and and all all uh, the the edict was kind of well we're just kind of we're going with canon stuff we're not going to do any any eu and and then when ron put out that tweet in october uh that kind of nudged the idea of tag and bink and Convinced, and this is what I'm. I'm told, convinced those above, above uh, Heather and Jordan to, to say, well, let's let's see if there's something to this, and that's why they brought Tag and Bink back out in print. And so, again, this could change, but I'm told that if it's sold well, there is a possibility for more Tag and Bink stories. And, and I do have more Tag
1: and bank stories. Uh, so. Oh, that's uh-huh. cool. I mean, from what I've been hearing, it's it's been doing fairly well. Now, a lot of people are, are picking it up. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I have. It's because I'm trying to get everything Marvel's been putting out in this run of Star Wars, whether it's canon or legend. Um, so that book definitely oh, has made to it best. to my box. So. Having I mean, it
2: within a, about six comics a week.
1: Um, <laughs> well, since so, I, so, 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 how many
2: lines are there? I mean, there's so um, there's Chewy, there's Afra, there's Poe, there's Star Wars, there's Vader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the uh,
1: yeah. the uh, yeah. adaptation of the movies.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, Jesus. Of course, they <laughs> they just announced in August. There's going to be a a Beckett one shot. Huh. So that sounds cool. Um so uh, you you said you're you're working on a, a project from Spain. hmm Um mm-hmm. A, any other projects that that you're working on that or are, are, have wrapped oh, yeah, outside
2: have, outside of Star Wars, yeah. I've got about four projects I'm trying to get off the ground. Uh pitched uh two of them to Amazon. That, uh, that I'm waiting on. There's a, another one that's kind of an action adventure piece. And that's that's kind of part of the course for for a lot of you know working writers, producers, in in Hollywood. Um, every, everybody's got a project that they've either got they're working on, or that's in turnaround, or that's uh, that they're pitching. Uh, I think over the course of 20 plus years as a writer producer i i I maybe had out of all of my projects i think five of them have gone to pilot and only one from that has gone to series so you know it's just you just you you work and you hope something sticks
3: yeah unfortunately that's the nature of the business but it's got to be rough sometimes well, frustrating, oh, yeah. at least. <laughs>
2: there, there's, a, there's an amount of that. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Nice, nice way to make a living, if, if you can make a living.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Now, with with the new new trilogy and, of course, the, the new standalone films, um, mm-hmm. has there been anything that um, you've been extremely pleased with and, and pleasantly surprised or, or something that's been... Uh, disappointing i i uh, I, was, I was very
2: very pleased with with uh, the most recent one Solo. I had a blast with it i I just thought it was I thought it was a very fun film. Oh, good! Um, I'm going you know, to lot this weekend. Are, a lot of people are saying, "Oh man, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's everything else. Everything's been so dark, and uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was fun and entertaining, and, and I really enjoyed
1: it. Nice. Can't wait to yeah. see it. Yeah, I think we're seeing it tomorrow.
2: And uh, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, and and of course, I'm a big fan of Amelia Clark. So,
3: <laughs> sure, yeah, that helps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, but, Oh, one of one of the nicest smiles in in science fiction and,
1: and fantasy, I think. <laughs> uh, you Can't argue there. This is true. Um, it, it, has there been anything that you, you kind of wish they didn't do or um, or, or or left out? <laughs>
2: No, no, I, I mean, I, I by and by and large, I, I found all of the new stuff to be entertaining. I like some stuff more than others. Uh, you know, some things I uh, I like more than than uh, than than some fans. Uh, I, I I don't. You know, it's not one of those things where I said, you know, God, I really think they should do this. Uh, to me it's just as a as an as a fan and as an audience member, I just feel like yeah, well, you know, as long as it's good and it's entertaining and it's a well thought out story, I'm 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 cool with it. Um yeah, I, uh you know there's uh, like you know uh, f- uh even you know forces of destiny uh which in, in my opinion is is really you know set up to 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 well it's all set up to push product but you know the the <laughs> but uh even those the 2 minute forces of destiny stuff I thought well you know that's okay <laughs> yeah but it's not it yeah, fun there's, there's not there's I mean there's nothing where I go oh god that, I wish they hadn't done that there's you know i have I've, I've really been in Entertained by uh, by uh, a lot of it. Uh, f- funny enough, I think the the thing I've 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 enjoyed most is uh, their web series, um, uh, the Star Wars show. I, I love yes. uh, uh, uh D and Anthony. I think they're just great, and I think it's a it's a it's a it's a really well produced
1: show. We we reference stories from them quite often because uh, we're we're fans ourselves, mm-hmm. and, and it's great seeing a show that comes direct from Lucasfilm. Um yeah. but it doesn't feel like it's a a vehicle for Lucasfilm. Mm.
2: Um, well, I'm like the the people that produce the show are just as as big of fans, if not m- more so than than people watching. It.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that yeah that's that's what you like to see.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean that's kind of that's generally everybody. I mean that I, I don't think there there's not one person. Uh, and, and again, I'm speaking solely for myself, but I don't think there's one not one person on the solo crew that wasn't a fan of Star Wars. You know, from mm-hmm. uh, uh, from John Fabro who plays the character Rio, you know, down to you know the people that were constructing the new Millennium Falcon. So, oh, some mm-hmm. of them, second generation Star Wars yeah. uh, uh, crew members. Yeah. You know, See, I love mother, that their mothers and fathers had worked on the original.
1: Wow! So, yeah, so, that's great. It, it, you forget that? Yeah, we're at that stage where that can be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What, you, what do you mean? We're old, Mike? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, <laughs> I'm Star ancient. Wars is old. Star Wars,
2: Star Wars is old. <laughs> uh, yeah, Where, there we go. Like, Wait. Thought, <laughs> you, somebody was asking me what you know, what what I remember most about Star Wars, or I think we had a conversation about the cruise and I and I told them that, uh, funny enough, the, the crew the crew mostly remembers the food on uh, <laughs> on, on Star Wars and and uh, 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 Superman and the the shows that were being done back in in the late seventies over there at Pinewood and at Elstree Studios, and that was relayed to me by my my friend and producer Charlotte Fullerton, and whom I worked with on Ben Ten. She. Had a uh, a good fortune to to be uh, the invited guest of Jim Henson while he was shooting um, *Labyrinth*. Oh wow! She was she was recalling for me how she would talk with the crews and just be in awe. As I'm sure anybody our age would have. This is oh my god! You worked on *Star Wars*, you worked on *Superman*, you worked on *James Bond*, and and yet the Uh, crews' (laughs) distinct memories of each of those were like. Oh yeah, that was the one where they had real silverware. Or oh, they had real- <laughs> and, and then, you know, some, you know, one of them was like, yeah, they gave us actual mugs for coffee and tea when we were, you know, when we worked on that one. And I'm uh, thinking, yeah, that's kind of because if somebody asked me what's my best memory about Cheers, you know, which I worked on, I was like, oh, the potato bar on Thursday night, you know, <laughs> or, or, or Tuesday night. It was like, oh, the potato bar because man, they had real bacon and fresh chives
3: <laughs> well to be fair that does sound pretty good
2: yeah it is oh my god you you, oh, you just don't know man <laughs> they they, and, and they, had a, they had an omelette bar man you just walk up and it was just like whatever you want <laughs> oh, so feed your crew folks that's the biggest thing
3: Mmm, omelets.
2: Yeah, yeah. We just clarified butter, but we're getting off that.
3: <laughs> just a little, and I'm getting hungry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, there's so, a wall. <laughs> uh, we're trying to figure out who's asking the next question. Uh, oh, yeah. what was... Of all the Star Wars stuff you've done, I know this is going to be a tough question. What's been one of your favorites, or, or the top favorite project that you've done?
4: Um, I think one
2: is one that people have never seen. Unfortunately, um, one of the I used to be a contributing writer for Star Wars Insider, and. Uh, I would write. I did interviews, but it wasn't interviewing actual people. It was interviewing the characters. And,
3: oh, that's awesome! Uh,
2: you know, the uh, the editors of the magazine basically gave me free range, and they said, "You can you can do any character." And so I, I kind of I started small, and I did stuff like C three PO and Dexter Jetster and Sue. <laughs> and, and then um, uh, with. Uh, with the uh, Revenge of the Sith coming out, I said I'm going to do Anakin, and so I did a I did a long interview with Anakin. And it was one of the things when I turned it in, you know, I get a call from the editor and I said, oh, you're, you're doing, you're doing him. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, you, didn't, you didn't think you were going to do him. Said, you said anybody. He said, yeah, yeah, but it requires a whole different contract. Um, because obviously anything you do for Lucasfilm, you know, becomes Lucasfilm. And they always, you know, there's, there, uh, you know, everybody signs a contract whenever you take on a, a, a piece of work. But because Darth Vader was largely the face of the marketing campaign for Revenge of the Sith, uh, that it required a completely different contract that I think was an extra 10 pages long. <laughs> wow. Wow! And so, yeah, and so, you know, I had to wait for that to come, and I signed it, and then they read it, and after that, they were like, it's kind of dark. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is, well, he is the leader of the great Jedi Purge and the slaughterer of younglings, so it's not, he's not really a happy guy at this point. I'm just writing, you know, uh, as, as silly as it sounds, I was just writing down what Darth Vader was telling me, or at this point, what Anakin was telling me. And Anakin, at this point, was not necessarily a, a jovial guy. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, but I, I, I really you know, was proud of the piece. But ultimately, they said, "No, we got we got to do something that's light and funny." <laughs> so I'm like, "All right." And, uh, so I did. Oh, too I, dark. I,
0: that surprises I, me. I did, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but it took place. Uh, the interview was uh, in the lower levels of course, on, where Anakin was. Uh, running illegal pod races um, uh, <laughs> with, with uh, you know and under a different name uh, <laughs> and, and to the point where he would he would wear a, a mask and not let people know he was human because he does have a name uh, being the only human to have won the boon to Eve you know he is kind of known in other circles other than the Jedi. Oh okay, um, right, yeah, and uh, and at at one point that was a story I pitched for. Clone Wars was that you know I took I took what I had done in that little interview, and I took it to Henry and said, "What if what if we had Anakin doing this?" You know, and then he said, "Well," and and he's the one that pointed it out to me. He says, "Well, he's kind of known, you know. He's the only human to have won, so you can't really have him do it. He would be he would be picked up immediately." And so uh, then at one point there was going to be a story about Ahsoka having to uh, to enter into a pod race under an assumed name, like kind of a covert that and so she was going to be taught by Anakin how to tatter pod race. Um, uh, but that was one of the kind of just the stories that was just left, you know, at on the on the pitch, uh, pitch oh, board that, that would have been a lot yeah. of
3: fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if you knew how many how many things had been produced for Star Wars that have never seen the light of day? It would shock yeah. you. <laughs> 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 we're, 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 we're talking over a hundred hours.
1: Wow! <laughs> now. Yeah. I know this question was posed to Heather Antos, which um, listeners will hear on Sorcerer Radio after this episode um, <laughs> and will also hear this weekend because we just had Heather on this week. Cool. Um, cool. The, the question was what character yeah. from the previous Marvel comics or even from the the extended <laughs> universe or now legend mm-hmm. Um period would you love to tackle either in a book or in a series uh for like maybe either the disney streaming service or or disney channel something like that the gundar is
2: that the the green rabbit jackson jackson yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, jackson Uh, i would i would absolutely do jackson (laughs) Yeah. Or young Porkins
1: <laughs> before the weight loss. If, if, yeah, yeah. In fact,
2: I would, I would do Porkins a Star Wars story. <laughs> uh,
3: that, that would be good. That, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: I did I did pitch one to uh, to Dark Horse after Tag and Mink about Chewie, and it was going to be called Our Man Chewbacca, <laughs> and it was going to be based on the uh, the uh, Matt Helm's and uh, in like Flynn uh, uh, spy films of the '60s, kind of, like, or James Bond, and putting Chewbacca in the role as a an undercover rebel spy, uh, undercover <laughs> rebel spy, and uh, that he actually could talk. Um, <laughs> okay. That the the Shree Wook is all a, is all a front. <laughs> um, and he's he's a, he's a you know very that you know, he was a very you know smart intelligent guy. I mean he was a general in the Kashyyyk army. You know on a first name basis with the one of the uh, the the masters of the, the Jedi Council. So it's not like you know he was a nobody. Yeah. Right. And uh, and so you know and, and I you know pitched that it. it was actually he had that had won the Falcon and had set it up so that Han could win it. Uh, Han could win it. Uh, Of course, all of this has been negated now with uh, with the new solo story. But uh, yeah, that was that was going to be you know the the deal that 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 that, uh, Han was just a patsy and it was Chewbacca
1: was the real (laughs) brains. I like that. I I I think Uh, that could actually be what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: I won't spoil anything for those who uh, who haven't seen it. But and And again, you know when we talk about you for people that are seeing this haven 't seen the movie or have seen the movie, and they 've noticed my my twitter comment i couldn 't elaborate on Twitter because you only have so many characters um, Uh, there's a sequence that it could be them. Um, I, I, I've gone back and I've looked at the photos that, that Ron had posted. Um, And, you know, he's very good about how he frames stuff. So you can barely tell what's going on in backgrounds and whatnot. And, uh, and, and just l- tracking the progression of what scenes were filmed because now I can look at all the photos she was posting with it. Oh, that's that scene. Oh, that is, this is this scene. So, oh, they were shooting this scene in July. And, they were shooting this scene in September. Um, and uh, uh, in the photo uh, that he posted in in uh, October, um, uh, John Cast, and, and I cannot remember the gentleman uh, playing Tag. He's the first AD uh, for Solo. But, you know, they're both in Imperial uh, suits, uh, but you can clearly see their faces. Uh, and... Mm -hmm. that there's only there's the opening opening sequence and that's the only place where you see those type of imperial people and then you go in a little later and there's a sequence and there are two uh, officers and the the cadence and the dialogue is very tag and bink but they are obscured by masks uh, which is kind of what tag and bink are always you know in the comics they are always obscured by some sort of a mask so I don't know. It's it's if 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 they did make the cut, then that would be them in my mind. Um, uh, and it it might have been where the guys did the scene, and then they later decided to put masks on them digitally, which the Star Wars has a history of doing right. uh, in the past. Uh, uh, the past two. Uh, Uh, In the franchise, you know, they they took uh, Adam Driver, a couple of scenes where he did something with the mask off, and they decided, nah, he needs the mask on here, so... Uh, it's, they've done that before, and they might have done that here for performance. Uh, but I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, uh, but people seem to think that that that's got to be them, uh, and the dialogue is very tag and bank in that particular scene. So I I kind of go, yeah, okay. Unless I until until John uh, or or, uh, or Ron Howard says says otherwise, I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, that that could
1: be them. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait. Yeah, and it's a I'll great. A-
2: it's a great. Scene. That's the thing. I, I, I'm being. I'm. I'm, I'm being purposely uh, uh, withholding. But uh, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very funny scene. And I go, yeah, yeah, that would. Uh, if, if if I was writing it, or if, if they, if if they, uh, uh, if Marvel said, hey, we want you to do another tag and Bink, and we want it to tie in with Solo, uh, the scene that people are saying are tag and Bink, that would be the scene that I would have used to tie them in. So. Huh.
3: Well, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, with The Force Awakens, you have those two guys walking down the, uh, the hall when Kylo is going crazy. And then they, they, the troopers, and then they turn around and the people say like, oh, is that tagging bacon? Uh, it could be. <laughs> yeah. <Maybe. laughs> you
1: know, now, until, with. Until I ride it. <laughs> Yeah. Say, yeah, any any two any two
2: random guys that are walking together that have masks on could do that. That's the beauty of the of the structure.
1: <laughs> now exactly. there, there's been rumors um that in twenty twenty we'll get either Kenobi or we'll get uh Boba Fett. Um, mm-hmm. would you like to see either one of these or is there another character you would love to see with uh <laughs> With a, a uh, star know, again, story, I, I, I,
2: I, it sounds like a cop out, but I'm just—I just like to see a good story. I—I I, I think it, because you know, I mean, it's not like Solo was number one on my list, and I'm dying to see a Solo piece. Uh, but <laughs> it was—it was really entertaining, um, and so I, I just—I, you know, I just—I just, I just want to be entertained if it's a—if it's a if it's a, a well crafted story and. And well executed, and and exciting, and worth whatever money I plunk down, I'm fine with it.
1: You know. Okay. Well, I loved Rogue One. I would love to see C1 <laughs> titled "Many Bothans Died for This." <laughs> Talking about how the plans that the, the Star Two came about.
2: Uh, you know, the the thing is that here's what I here's what I, I want to say. Don't like, but what I find ah, time, it, sometimes it irks me, and it's with it's with fans, and it's all fans that are. They're well-meaning, and they're passionate, and people like what they like, and naturally they want to see more of what they like. Right. You know, it's only natural. I like Star Wars. I want to see Star Wars. Uh, But if you start letting the fans, however well-meaning and passionate they are, dictate what the stories are, you don't get Empire Strikes Back.
3: Yeah, sure. Right, yeah.
2: Because, you know, the fans would have been fine with, I'd love to see them do it. A trench run on this thing. Oh, I want to see. what well, man, what would it be like if Luke was back on? We saw Luke back on Tatooine in an X-wing, and this time he was he was bullfighting Wop rats in his, in in the in X-wing instead of a T sixteen. And oh man, I'd like to see you know uh, uh, Han Solo fight Darth Vader with a lightsaber. That would be cool, <laughs> you know. And uh, but but no, you know what you, you got? Is you got stuff that you never would have even imagined. Of, of, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, a Tantian Yoda. Yeah, you, know, you, got, you got a city in a cloud and, and 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 Imperial walkers. And you know, if, if it had just been a fan thing, it would have been more Tie Fighters and Stormtroopers. But now you got you have Snowtroopers and you have. Yeah, Bestman, You got you never would have gotten Lando, Boba Fett. Yeah. You know, um, I is a, a shock trooper. What the hell is a shock trooper? Oh my god! You know, and, and so you know. Yes, what I want is you know a, a good story that expands on the universe. That's where you know, like, like George. Say what you will about the prequels, and and I'm I'm not a fan of the prequels as far as. The execution of the script. Um, right, and, yeah. the, and the directing. However, right. the world building that you got out of that was just yeah. immense. You know, and with an and, and, and N1 Starfighter from Naboo, completely different design aesthetic from anything that you saw in Star Wars. And, yeah, I love and with yeah, and you know, with, uh, uh, with Force Awakens, as entertaining as that was, you know, it says, oh, it's a TIE fighter, but it's black. You know, <laughs> I mean, but it's black. Uh so uh I I, I want to see an expansion. I want to I want to be surprised. You know, I want the world to open up, and and I want I want a, a good story to drive that. Well,
3: that's that's what I feel like. For me, that's what I got out of the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. which is why I you know I enjoy I actually enjoyed it. I'm one of the people that actually enjoyed the Last Jedi. So I
2: I, I thought Ryan did some 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 great stuff there, and I thought he did some. Great stuff there. I, I sure. think some of the humor. I think he, some tonally. While I understand what he was trying to do with the humor, I think some of the humor fell flat, or just it was it was too much of a jump from one uh, from one tone to the next. Yeah. Right. In some areas, and film is hard, guys. It, it really is. It's a, it's a yeah. it's an amalgamation of so many people and and crafts and. Uh, you know, some of it is luck, and, uh, yeah. and 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 that anything good comes out at all is a miracle. Believe me. Uh, yeah. And and I and again, you know, everybody complains that oh, he, you, you know, Ryan ruined it, and there's such a there's a you know, it's Kathy Candy has a and it does was a social agenda or something to spirit yeah. and Luke would yeah. have never done that. It's like you know what, as a writer. I'm looking at this, and Ryan played the cards he was dealt, and and because he, he was the one that was left to answer the question, why is Luke cut himself off? And right. you kind of have to go with what this, what the character tells you, and what the story tells you. And and make it honest. Now you might not like the honest answer of why, you know, but that's the answer that it is. And and I understand Ryan's reasoning for that. And I think that that the Luke character really does, if you if you really look at who Luke is and his complete journey, I think that what happened in the Last Jedi is kind of justified as to who Luke was, because you remember that you know when he was initially training with Yoda and he saw his friends in danger you know he he rushes off to help them and Yoda's trying to show him the importance of, of right. not going they you know he's Yoda has been down this road before and even George to a certain extent if you watch the prequels you think that you know the Jedi were flawed they did yes, exactly it. And right. and Luke learns by the time we get to the last Jedi, he says, You know what? Remove myself from the equation. Don't escalate this because evil rises to meet the light. And if I'm in the if I'm in the universe, something is going to rise to meet me. So I'm gonna take myself out of this equation. And and yet the you know, the thing is that they're saying they need they need the the legend Luke Skywalker and Luke was like you know what am I gonna do I'm gonna face down the entire um, uh, uh, resistance with with a laser sword and and what happens in the very end he stands in front of the entire resistance with one laser sword <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and doesn't strike a blow right yeah he, he, he wins without drawing any blood and in the process becomes the legend that is the spark that will Ignite the rebellion, as we saw with the with Broomboy.
1: Yeah. There, that's what I do. I do an entire co- uh, cartoon based on boys. That yeah, works. <laughs> <laughs> work. so. Speaking speaking of fanboys, um, what's been your what's been your take? Uh, being an industry professional and having gone through some of the struggles of trying to get the story that you want told in the Star Wars universe, um, what's been your take of the fact that? The, the the ones that hate Star Wars the most happen to be Star Wars fans. And, and some of the... I would,
2: I would argue that if you hate Star Wars you're
1: not a fan. I would too. Uh,
2: you see, I mean, it's like a there, you know, there, there's the phrase "God, nobody hates Star Wars like a Star Wars fan." And I said, "Well, how can you be a fan if you hate it?" Right. And the thing is, is that it's not. You, you, I think that's not that they hate Star Wars. It's that they hate that it's not their Star Wars. It's not what they imagine. Yeah. And yeah. or that it, we're now in this in this society, and I'm going to sound like an old man and, and wax rhapsodic here, but you know, we have an entire <laughs> generation now that has grown up with. With a screen in front of them, which is essentially a mask and and, a, and a, a, an identity that they can cultivate that is their ideal self uh, with their with even a different name if they want, you know, mm. uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jawa balls um, uh, twelve you know or something like that and without without any repercussions for the actions that they take and and because the slim minority of these these haters out there uh, don't don't do it in the light. Don't don't do it in front of people's faces, and don't face the repercussions of the actions of saying, you know, that somebody is chill, or I hope your family burns. I mean, just some some of the most vile stuff. And I'm talking about a very very small percentage that, unfortunately, ruins it for a great deal of people mm-hmm. who just like Star Wars. But you know, because they they face no repercussions, they 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 don't. Uh, uh they they lack the courage of their convictions and so to those people you know it's like they they are not content to uh to not like it on their own they have to come up with a, reasons because in my opinion these are weak-minded people who need a group to agree with them in order to to strengthen the the their conviction and so you know, ultimately, I, I don't think those people are fans. I think they're fans of themselves. I think they're fans of their own voice and of their own opinion.
1: Now, what's your take then, uh, since your characters kind of fall into this, that the old U- EU is mm-hmm. no longer canon; it's legend, and what we have got going forward now is is canon. I really don't spend any time thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you like the story? Yeah. Did it bring you joy? Yeah. It it doesn't negate that. It's still there right. for you to enjoy. It's not like it's not like Lucasfilm said, okay, none of this existed, and we are going to ask you all please to turn in your copies and burn them, and we will never speak of this again. You know, <laughs> right? You know, so what? Uh, uh, you know, I, like I like I said, uh, jacked on. I mean, <laughs> no way I, I, would they make him a canon character but then
1: who knows actually he is there you go okay well there you go okay goofy goofy green rabbit uh, he he's either come out recently or is coming out soon in IDW's Star Wars adventures cool. so which will make him yeah. canon yeah
2: you know, Splinter of the Mind's Eye was like you know back before we knew we were going to get any other Star Wars you know yeah. and Dean Allen Foster or Alan Dean Foster I can never remember I get all mixed up but I mean that was to me that was just incredible now is it canon? no but it, it, it still brought me great joy as an 11 year old reading good god picking up a book and reading it at 11 <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I agree I, I want to say uh, what was the other one Air to the, the whole heir to the empire series was one that I loved as well. You know, when when those were coming out,
0: yeah, but, you know, I mean, hey,
2: it, it,
1: again, and you enjoyed it,
2: so there
0: you
3: go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, I think I think there's just too many people being taking things a little too seriously these days.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. uh, it's the environment it's either it's either 10 or it's not you know it's the best thing you've ever seen or it sucks uh, even now you know people say oh god I don't know it doesn't look like Zola's gonna beat whatever the record it's like it's that's you know not about it and quite frankly I think they're predicting that you have two as we speak now on the, the 25th of May, uh, the Hollywood Reporter is projecting that a uh, solo Star Wars story will make anywhere between 105 and $110 million over a three-day weekend. And uh, the uh, variety is reporting that it will make anywhere between 120 and 130 million. And so now you've got these two cancers that are saying, oh man, you know, I uh, don't know, 110 million, that's so disappointing. Do you know how many movies would give their to get 110 million in their opening weekend? Justice League didn't do it, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, they they you know they they uh, they they scored the all-time record for a Thursday uh, preview uh, for for Memorial Day weekend you know I think it was 14 million is being reported today and yet there are people who are saying, Oh God, I don't know. I was at my local theater and I, there were only six people there. <laughs> like, you, did, did you have fun? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, yeah, when you're running, when, when you're, when you're running, you know, uh, shows, not, not in 24 hours a day, but I know that the first screening of solo at my local theater this morning was at 8 AM. Now, <laughs> You know I'm a Star Wars fan, and and I've enjoyed the film, but I'm not going to. First of all, it's Friday, I got to go to work. Uh, <laughs> right. But 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 two, I'm I'm not going to get up and go down to a theater at eight a.m. Now there were some people there. One or you know, yeah. I think I think that I looked at the uh, at the you know the seating chart. We have we have reserved seating here in Los Angeles, and so I think there were the audience. There was maybe about ten people that were going to go see the eight a.m. show. Well, great. You know, I mean. I don't think you'd get 10 people for any other, you know, maybe Marvel shows Sure, a tentpole picture, but I mean, how many, how many other movies out of the hundreds of films that come out a year, are you going to get people to show up for an 8 a.m. show? That's, um, very you know? That's very true. It's very true. And, yeah. and you have, when you have it playing, like again, my local theater has uh 14 screens. And I think of the 14, I think seven of them are occupied by solo. Wow. You know, you're not, you're not going to get every house sold completely. Right. You know, and, and, and sometimes just because it's like, well, I don't want to see the 3d version or I want to, I want to see the Dolby Atmos version or gosh, it's solo. I don't want to see it in one of the little theaters that only holds 70 seats. You know, I want to see it on the biggest screen possible, that kind of, you know, so. Right. (laughs) Uh, I, you know, for so for everybody that's balking, uh, uh, oh god, I just, it, I don't, it's not going to do as good, and because it's not going to do as good as the last one, you know, then it's not as good. It didn't make as much money. You don't have a dog in this fight. I was I was asking somebody the uh, uh, on Twitter this morning, you know, who's equating. That, well, gee, you know, if if Jedi hadn't been so poorly received, the Jedi did $1.4 billion. How is that poorly received? (laughs) You (laughs) You know, and you said says, well, if you're going to measure films by how much money they they make, or how popular, uh, that's not very realistic. That's not how it's done. I said, that's exactly how it's done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's show business. Did your film make money? Yes. Well, you know what? We want another one because we want to make money. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to take it to you, folks. But
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is why you have more Star Wars, and, and as I pointed out to him, and just no matter how good or, her, or how bad it is, if it's Making money, they're going to make another one, which is why you have six transformers. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Ruminate on that one. <laughs> so,
1: uh, well, so yeah. Ken, Ken's joined us for what brief time we have left uh,
4: <laughs> for the extra for the next three minutes. <laughs> hey. <laughs> So,
1: Ken, well, we're on with Kevin Rubio, of course, from Troops and Tag and Bink and the Bombad Hi. Jedi of Clone Wars. Hello. You got a question Hi. for him that
4: might not be I don't know if you guys have covered what you haven't covered, so I'll jump in when I hear so when I got a question on, you know?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, it's the one shot because I was going to okay. try to end it with... With a question from you? Uh, okay, well,
4: uh, briefs, Democrat, left-handed, 5'7". Uh,
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, why don't we go with um, something that I usually? I don't know if you guys got this, but um, did you go over how he got into movie making and stuff? Uh, well, no, actually, I do actually. I don't think we did. Yeah. How did you? Yeah. Well, you're known for the for the Star Wars yeah. fan films and stuff. How did you actually get into filmmaking?
2: Uh, you know, I, I, I said that since since I was a kid, you know, and I saw Star Wars at, when I was 10 years old back in 1977. This was kind of, I wanted to do this thing. Um, I uh, I went to uh, uh, Long Beach State uh, and uh, was a student at their their film school. And while I was at Long Beach, like everybody my age, I wanted to be the next Spielberg, which meant I had to do a desert opus like Amblin. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know, the... Steven Spielberg's production company, Amblin, gets its name from his first 35 millimeter film that he did as a student in Long Beach, which tells the story of two young teens um, uh, trekking across the desert to the California coast from uh, from Arizona. And so I was I was, I was you know dead set on doing my my desert opus that was going to you know get me noticed by by all of the uh, the people in Hollywood and the uh, The year that I shot it uh California was in another long drought and and yet the only two weekends that it rained that year were the two weekends that I was doing location shooting yeah. and and so uh, I was, I was, I was out of time and out of money. And I had been in the film program for three years. And for those three years, my uh, good and oldest friend in Los Angeles, uh, Drew Massey, who is a muppeteer now, had had always been bugging me. Says, "We got to do an animated film. Come on, let's do something." And. And uh, at Long Beach State, if you didn't finish your films, you were out of the program. If you didn't make your deadlines, that was it—the it most important thing. It's like you know, a lot of crap gets made in Hollywood, but it gets made. Make your deadlines. And so I had five weeks and no story, and and I only had I think maybe eight hundred or six hundred dollars left, and I had already spent twenty seven hundred, which to, you know, a twenty year old kid in the eighties was just you know a fortune. And so. Uh, I, I I called up Drew and said, hey, remember that animated film you've always been wanting to make? <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> and so uh, I, uh, he and I and my, my other friend, Frank Ryderberg who came in and built the sets, we did a Frankenstein uh, animated piece. And as is customary, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure still today with, with students, when you get actors to come in and do a, a film for free. The the most you can promise them is you know a good good meal and we'll give you tape for your reel. Well, by the time I was finished with the piece, I. You know, I didn't have enough money to transfer the film. This was back when we still shot film, kids. I didn't have enough money to transfer the film to to videotape. And so, uh, again, my friend Charlotte Fullerton, uh, who who at that time was just starting out as an intern at Fox Kids. And I said, hey, could you transfer this for me and get me some tapes? And so she said, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll sneak it in. And, uh, and I jokingly told her, I said, and you know, if you want to show it to your bosses and get me a job, that'd be awesome too. Uh, and so uh, a couple weeks or days later, she came back with like five video cassettes that I could give to the cast members that had performed on the on the uh, film for me. And she said, God, this is this was really good, Kevin. And I said, Oh, thanks, man. She said, No, no, no. It's it's really good. I showed it to my bosses and they want to hire it. And so my first job was as an animator for Fox Kids back in 1995. Or 90, <laughs> awesome. 94. Yeah. 1994 90, or 92. One of those. But uh, yeah. That's awesome. uh and that 's how I got in got into the industry in fact my 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 academy card still says animator rather than writer producer wow <laughs> so, because that was that was how I qualified. I had enough hours of animation on t v to qualify as an animator <laughs> wow.
4: Wow. um well, a quick follow up to that real quick what what type of show what shows were you doing back then? Uh,
2: I initially started off doing the promos and the i d s for Fox, so you know whenever you you say you know we 're after these messages you know, and mm-hmm. we 'll be right back or, you see in children 's television what a lot of people don 't realize is that there are, you know more, there are, there are tighter restrictions on children 's television than there are in adults, particularly if it if it 's network now networks don 't run cartoons anymore the Saturday Saturday morning and the, and the afternoon cartoon schedules ended with networks about two years ago after a long run since the 50s. However, the FCC regulated that because you were showing commercials uh, during those time periods geared towards kids and because sometimes kids do not have the developmental capacity to distinguish between what is a commercial and what is a show – and quite often, uh, it was a show that was designed to sell the toys. Thank you, He-Man and uh, G.I. Joe of the 80s. Uh, yep. You have to signify, even even on cable today, if you watch Disney and Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, you will always see a spot that will say, and now these messages, or and now back to our show, because you have to tell the kids, we are going into a commercial and we are coming out of a commercial. Notice, it's not going into a television show and coming out of a television show. <laughs> <laughs> because the commercials pay for everything. So it's always geared towards, uh, it favors the commercial. And so I did the animated characters or the pieces that would tell you, hey, we're going into this commercial and we're going out of the commercial. That's how I start. And then uh, from there, uh, I became the head of the Fox Kids Cell Animation uh, Art Department. Uh, this is, again, back when we used to actually draw on paper and uh, paint on acetate. Uh, and because i had a, a, a limited background but a background in in animation uh, I, I was basically the one that was in charge of all the physical media that would be uh, imported back to the United States from Asia uh, and I would restore and appraise the the physical animated cells from all of the Fox properties okay. um, and then from, from there I, I went to Warner Brothers uh, where I was a writer producer for, for Kids WB and uh, mm. did a lot of promos and marketing for them and just kind of hopped around for that
1: Okay, Where can people find you on the internet
2: uh you can find me twitter instagram uh youtube uh at the t-h-e or the kevin rubio and that's that's it. Awesome. That's, that's kind of, the, that's kind of the, the all-purpose handle. Also, you know, I, I do some stuff. Uh, I'm currently director of special projects at my, my friend's uh, studio, Synaptic, uh, that also has a, uh, a YouTube site. So I've done a couple of things for them on that YouTube site just to amuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, S, uh, S-Y-N-A-P-T-I-C, Synaptic, uh, uh, BFX, I think is, is what it is on YouTube so you can I did I did some uh, Star Wars stuff there and some some uh, I did I think I did a Wonder Woman homage it's my one of my favorite characters and, and what I did for Justice League action really like Wonder Woman um, yeah, yeah so uh, uh, and if you're uh, I, I guess if you're in Spain or France uh, you can see my work in a, about a year for a show I, I, can, I don't I don't I, I think I can I think I can say what it is it's called I may be pronouncing this wrong Gormiti. Uh, but I did uh, yeah and I also did something called Vault of the Wonder Year for Asia last year which is which is now running in the pan, so if you're in the Pan Pacific and I think maybe Australia you might be able to see that show
1: okay yeah. well we thank you for coming on and joining us uh, it was great talking Absolutely. about Tag and & Bank and and, and troops and you know, Clone Wars, and, you know, we're, we're, my, my and we're, we're excited to see what, what the future brings.
0: Uh, uh,
2: well, me, me too, because
1: that, that usually <laughs> means I can make my bills. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, that's going to wrap it up for this week. I hope everyone has had a great time seeing Solo. If you saw Solo, um, we could just add to the mystery that Kevin brought to us of, is that Tag and Pink? Is it not? We let's just wait for I I'm hoping to agree, um but definitely loose let's, let's start. Hounding Ron Howard on Twitter, uh, is that them? Let's get it.
2: Oh, and, and uh, you know, if I can get a plug, you know, to, to to go out and buy a tag and think we're here by Marvel Comics as your local comic store. Yes, yes, Shop.
1: it's a great way of getting most, I believe, all the stories back under uh, one issue again.
2: They, yeah, it is all of them, including the short that I that I'm not too proud of. <laughs> 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 but you can see that's actually, if you want a, an exercise in writing, uh, the short that. In the back, uh, the Revenger Tag and Bank is the first draft of uh, Tag and Bank Special Edition, which is also in the graphic novel.
1: So there you go. Excellent. Well, until next time.
4: Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter.
0: Jax, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right
1: have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!